Hello, good evening. Um, I am coming on to do part two of what I was talking about this morning um, and uh, further explore um, the dreams and uh, going deeper into what we were saying about what is real. And in the first part of this podcast, I had spoken about the Pisces energies right now and the fact that currently, right now, the Sun, the Moon, Jupiter and Neptune are all in Pisces. So it's a really beautiful combination of really higher energy, um, deep energy, deep watery emotional energy going on right now, which given what's happening on the world stage and um, playing out in the external, we kind of really need because what's happening everywhere seems to be so volatile and so fiery that these watery energies are actually really beautiful. It's taming um, what's going on out there. And um, we kind of need that, right? As I said in at the end of that last podcast, it's a really good time right now to switch off the news and switch off all the sound and just light a candle. Um, if you need any sound, put on some classical music and just read a book, read a fiction novel that is invigorating and thought-provoking and, you know, will stir your imagination and take you into a world of fiction and you know what as I also said what is fiction half of what we see in real life has become fiction because it's not true it's not based on truth or fact so you know with that being put into question what is fact what is fiction oh you know you could take everything with a pinch of salt and at the end of the day does it actually really matter and this is where I'm going with um, a deeper dive into um, dreams and Tartaria and the difference between classical versus neoclassical um, systems because it's very important to understand what's happening right now um, in a very intuitive sense, which you don't necessarily get from anything that's pumped out on mainstream because they don't want you to use your intuition at all. Um, that's not that's not what's <laughs> that's not what their game plan is. Um, however, I encourage you to do so because that is what your game plan should be. Um, so anyhow, I guess I'll start with um, j <coughs> just a slight introduction into uh, my take on what is creative power because creative power is not something that we're encouraged to necessarily use and it's been so heavily hijacked and I'll get around to that in a moment just towards the end of the last podcast I did I explained um I, I went through some um lyrics of songs and discussed a couple of books one in particular was atonement and where the Neptunian sort of delusional energies fall into those, to that book in particular. And I also spoke about um, Van Gogh's Starry, Starry Night. And I apologize, I ended up crying. I can't, I can't, it does something to my soul, that song. And I can't 
speak those words or even hear them without ending up in tears. So again, a lot of the focus on that was the higher minds and how different we all are because we can all see things in different ways. There's no such thing as right or wrong. Um, and that's what we have to get our heads around is that you can be somebody of the left brain. My husband very much is, and I am very much of the right brain. It doesn't make me any better than him and vice versa. It's just, it's finding the balance between both that is the ultimate goal because we exist in a realm of duality. Everything is duality, yin, yang, dark, light, hot, cold, um, night, day, sun, moon, masculine, feminine, all of it is duality. And what we actually have to understand is that within those, um, within those dualistic principles, it's about finding the balance and adopting both of the sides and standing in neutrality, in balance. That's basically what the ultimate goal is. Um, there was something about um, Van Gogh that was so right-brained um, to the extreme and he saw something that many people didn't, but it drove him mad. Um, and as I'd said in the song, um, and oh my God, I can't even say the words because it just triggers me so badly, but um, I'll try. Um, now I understand what you tried to say to me, how you suffered for your sanity how you tried to set them free. They did not listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now. So this is exactly what is being put out into the external. There's so many triggers right now to get us to see things from a higher perspective, to get us to awaken to our higher selves. So that's pretty much what's happening. That is what this awakening is about. Poor Van Gogh back then he was kind of a lone wolf on this mission. And I know I felt kind of like that, but more and more people are waking up and it's becoming so widely spoken about. But for those of you that are just embarking on this journey, this might be a good thing to listen to because it's a gentle entry that's looking at a lot of deeper emotional sort of factors in all of this and explains the difference between the classical and the neoclassical which is basically the left versus right hemispheres of the brain and what that necess what that means so so basically again going back to the whole what is creative power um let me just start by saying that 95% of our brain is us using our subconscious um we, we don't use our conscious minds. We, we literally use 5% of our conscious mind. The rest is all programmed into your subconscious. So when you are younger, you set those programs in your mind yourself, that by, via your upbringing, via your environment, all the things that you see, learn, everything that goes into your head is then stored in your subconscious. So, um, you basically have programmed yourself and uh, and it's very difficult to know how to deprogram yourself if you don't even know you're programmed. So a lot of what happens in the mainstream um, is very left-brained because they want to, through education, they want to drill in dates and facts and logic and data and analytical processing and this and that. That's what we learn in school. Um, I mean, I can't even tell you how bored I used to be 
of listening to dates of World War One and World War Two and analyzing maps and all of all of this and that and maths and this it used to drive me absolutely mad and I used to think why the hell am I learning this it has absolutely no purpose or there's no point to it and I'm sure that there is a point to it because you know it's all part of our evolution you know mathematics is is actually if you look at it in sacred sacred geometrical sense is literally artistic but maths how we're taught is brain dead you know it's it's um drilling times tables in your head is just becoming a human calculator there's no meaning behind any of that and and all of it is like show you're working out and you know show me that you know these dates and who who led the gestapo and whatever whatever and it's all just bullshit as far as i'm concerned um that is to keep us in a very dumbed down left brain way of thinking that how they want us to learn it's programming us for the nine to five and then we move into the fields of commerce and uh, according to how the system is set and the structures and so on we go and we apply our capitalist mentalities and we feed the beast we feed the machine and that is that it's the rat race and we pay our mortgages and we, we you know we pay off our interest and that is that we get a couple of holidays a year and we hardly see our kids and then we die and we pay for the funeral and that's basically the system thrilling isn't it and it's very very left-brained because that's how they want us to be if we apply our right brain which is our intuition our emotions our deeper understandings of our sensual um, explorations, our self-expression, our creativity, um, our sexual energy. Um, it, it's, a, it's a different game altogether. So that's very much what Van Gogh was doing. He saw something and he put it out into um, artistic format and nobody understood what he was saying because we were all stuck in our left brains you know, feeding the beast, and he was desperate, as it states in the song, to set us free, but we didn't listen, we did not know how, perhaps we'll listen now. <laughs> so, with um, creative power, that comes from um, our sexual energy, actually, uh, and please don't think of sexual energy as being something that is funnily enough <laughs> sexual in the mainstream sense um it's not necessarily fornication and you know uh sex doesn't actually mean a physical connection between two people it's actually a soul-to-soul -soul connection and it can be one that you have within yourself you don't have to have a partner in order to do this this is the trick right this is the trap. <laughs> they, they've trapped us into thinking, you know, oh, twin flames and this and that. And it might be the case, but in terms of our own creative energy, it comes from our own sexual energy. And it's based in your root chakra. And it's, comp it's one of the most sacred things you can, can, you can have, that you contain. So when you're young and you're innocent and you haven't been exposed and corrupted, that sexual energy um, as you as a, as a small person that contains 
creative creation power within you um while that is sacred you don't want you don't want that tarnished but they have it's been hijacked um we we now consider sex sexual energy to be something that is lustful um and physical between you know and and bestial and it's like the porn industry has just completely hijacked um sexual energy and turned it into something so disgraceful um and so shameful that we've now got so off balance with that and we don't understand what it actually means now there's a there's a lot of people in the spiritual community at the moment that are talking about harnessing your sexual energy and transmuting it into creative energy and in that 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 meaning that you don't um spill your seed so to speak that you 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 send it up your spine and you transform it into something creative as opposed to ejaculating it because ejaculation is effectively your life force women included you know when we menstruate this is also very a symbolic moment a symbolic time throughout our cycle where that is our most creative time within that within those four phases of our cycle because it's considered winter where we go within where we shed and we die and we release um and that that blood our life force is literally our creative energy so it's been totally hijacked it's totally misrepresented and we we are so disconnected from understanding that that um you know it it seems it's it's we we believe it's something that it's not and again a lot of people at the moment are speaking about um sexual connections and how you've got to be really choosy with who you're sharing those moments with and having those encounters with because it's a transfer of energy so you know if you're sleeping with somebody and you're giving yourself to somebody that is completely just soul soulless and um they have no creative energy then you're that you're absorbing that and they're hijacking you so you've really got to make sure that who you share that sexual energy and, and those sacred moments with is somebody that you know you can connect with on a soul to soul level otherwise it's just pointless you're just wasting your energy um and that is a lot of what's happening in the world and has happened in the world is we waste our energy we waste ourselves we're useless eaters according to the people that rule us and they keep us in our left brains where we don't use our intuition and we we aren't creative and um therefore we're reliant on systems that are created for us we're slaves so you know when we're creative we move into sovereignty we are self empowered we are um we're self expressive and when when you are um self expressive and self empowered you don't have anybody standing above you telling you what to do and again with that song that i was talking about this morning um a whole new world the little mermaid song it's so cute actually i find a lot of um children's cartoons are very very suggestive they're putting a lot of drops into the consciousness of children um even as far back i know that everyone talks bad about disney and whatever but there's also a lot of wonderful stuff that song a whole new world a new fantastic point of view no one to tell us no or where to go or say we're only dreaming 
I mean, wow, that is literally right brain saying, no, I'm not going to be told what to do anymore. I'm in charge because you, you've awoken to your own capabilities, your own creative energy. Wow. I mean, that's just amazing. But as I said, you know, you've got to have both. You've got to have the balance, right? So um, it's really important to put the two together. And, um, and again, you know, there's no right or wrong, like good or bad with like the classical versus neoclassical principles of education or systemic structures, because both are equally as valid and equally as important. We kind of need them both in order to find the neutrality, in order to find the conscious, conscious understanding of both. Right. So, as I said, you know, I went to a school in, um, in the north of England, just bordering onto the Lake District. And it was a school that was started by the Bronte sisters who wrote Jane Eyre and Wuthering Heights. So there was a lot of focus on literature. And um, and again, as I'd said in, in the first podcast, um, literature to me is crucial because it really enhances our understanding and development of so many things in our human world and our human senses so like uh, our justice system love um um yeah you know like human relationships um i i mentioned about crime and punishment and also atonement you know exactly exactly as i was saying about how she had imagined a scenario that turned out to not be accurate and she, her imagination ran away with her and she ended up wrongly accusing someone of a crime that they didn't commit and the consequences of those actions and how they play out um, in, you know, in the fields of that person then having to go to prison and pay for a crime he didn't do. It's so triggering and that's the whole point of life. It's to trigger so that we awaken and deepen our understanding of our subconscious minds and bring them to the front so that they become conscious. That is what this is all about. It's conscious evolution. So we can't, we can't become conscious if we're constantly focused on data and programming and, and analytical processing and tech and maths and this and that, that's all that's stuck in the left brain, feeding the beast because it doesn't allow us to get triggered and to further and deeper understand anything to do with hum- humanity, human evolution, human emotion, human sentiment, um, where we see things from a higher perspective. It's so crucial that we see things from those higher perspectives. What can help us to see those things from higher perspectives? Literature, music, art, all of those things are so fundamentally important and they are missing from our education system because they're deemed as not being important. That could not be further from the truth. I am literally, it it really makes my blood boil. I was so blessed and fortunate to have had those experiences, but for me to now um, give those experiences to my children, they they don't come in what they're learning at school I have to pay for them extra and I do so with pleasure um but wouldn't it be great if they could just be part of the school system anyway like however much they have to learn maths and boring details of bloody historical you know this and that's that are we even sure is accurate 
could they not learn to plant flowers and be with nature um, and play classical music and listen to classical music? So I always, um, as I'd said in my first podcast, I literally rushed to do, to do my homework. It was never, ever finished on time. It was never finished. I bet I didn't even start it. I just used to hand in crap and rush to the music block so that I could go and play. Um, and I didn't really know how to read the music. I got to about grade five. And then when it became too complex, I was like, oh, screw it. And I would, I'd just play by ear. But the beautiful thing, and for anybody that doesn't understand what music, what music does um, to be able to play an instrument, I'm 42 I learned to play the piano when I was 14 and I wasn't great, um, but I can still remember um, the Moonlight Sonata, for example. That's that's one that is pretty straightforward and easy to remember. A lot of Chopin, um, a couple of Nocturnes um, and other bits and pieces that I can still remember how to play um, because I memorized it. And when you memorize it, it, it does something to your brain that is so enhancing and so it frees your subconscious because you aren't program you, you you're 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 learning something yourself and um all those years later you can still remember it because it's there consciously there in your head um and wow it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to do um there are times where I'm a bit ropey and I'm like, and I get frustrated and I'm like, why don't you remember this? Um, meditation definitely helps. And then um, it all just kind of comes flowing back. So, you know, that movie, The Notebook, where she's got um, Alzheimer's or dementia and she forgets things, but she never forgets to sit down and play that piano um, because she learned it by memory. And so all the time, all the, the guy said, no, she'll, that, she'll never remember, but she did. She's playing it by memory because she's put that memory there herself. Um, and she remembers it because it's just, oh, wow. It's, it's such an incredible thing to be able to play an instrument. Um, my eldest has learned the piano. She isn't great. She's, she's very left-brained. So, which is why I kind of wanted her to learn it because it, it does something it does something to you um, to be able to learn to play an instrument. And my youngest is wanting to learn to play the flute and she's such a garden fairy, so that would really suit her. Um, I also played the violin, the viola, sorry. Um, and I loved that, but my goodness, if you don't, if you're practicing pieces and, and, uh, and you're just a beginner, yeah, that doesn't sound so great. Um, so anyway, there's all of that. I, I'm just so grateful that I got to be able to learn these things because honestly, they're like life gifts that do something to your brain. Um, wow, just a blessing. So creative. Um, so then there was um, there was something that I wanted to talk about and it is Tartaria. Like, I don't know if you've heard of Tartaria or not, but um, yeah. Tartaria, the Tartarian Empire, is pretty much um, a Mongolian empire from years and years ago, like literally years and years ago, 
Um, and apparently the mud floods had wiped out all trace of um, this empire, this civilization that existed, um, where basically we had um, buildings that would conduct electricity and create free power through their magnificence. Um, so like star forts and, um, and beautiful bell towers and so on. And so the water that surrounded these buildings would act as generators. And from underneath the buildings working their way up, it would create um, electricity from the ether. They used the water, air, um, and uh, the elements basically to create the um, power from the ether. and these buildings were um, energy healing buildings for people as well and they all got wiped out or not necessarily all of them because this is the thing apparently a lot of them still exist these days um, predominantly in Russia, China and uh, India and the Tartarian Empire um, is a profound piece of our history that has been hidden from us. However, then a lot of people say, that's total myth, it's bullshit. Um, it's totally fictitious. But the thing is, um, I don't care. Like, like, debunk nothing, you know, like so many people are going, how to debunk this? It's just a conspiracy theory. But you know, why is everybody so wrapped up in needing to know exactly what is truth and find the fact and um, absolute pure meaning and fact in everything. Like, I get it. It's like, I'm a, I'm a truth seeker. I'd like to know the truth. Um, but along the journey, you just find more and more lies and deception. So I think what's really an important message here is to... Um, to kind of think, well, if it's not real and it's mythological, which in, in, in terms of, you know, people these days, anything that's mythological is just not real. So fuck it. Don't even think more about it. Move on, you know. But what you're missing is the entire point. And it doesn't matter whether it's real or not. It's the message and the symbolism of what it represents. So those buildings were magic, pure magic. They were, they were, I, I look at these, uh, at these structures and something resonates deeply within me. And I don't care if they're real or not, or if, if the whole story of Tartaria was real or not. What I care about is what it represents, what it's showing me. Like I, I, um, I was with my mum yesterday and there was mist, fog coming down the mountain and I was saying, oh my word, look, you know, like fog really creeps me out. Like it's, it's, it's freaky to me. It just keeps like moving towards you slowly. And I always kind of think when I think of fog, like a dark wintry night um, in cold Northern England with like this really old manor house and crispy leaves in the garden and, you know, no light. And all you see is this fog drawing in closer towards you. And it's a spooky, spooky scene of something kind of like in the others, right? Um, but these houses, uh, give, me a, give me a spooky house or, or a really old building or a, a, a ruined abbey. Um, and that means so much more to me than 
a Starbucks or one of these new mall buildings that have literally just got no energy, that's flat, flat, dead energy. It's like soul destroying. Um, I mean, they harvest energy in like football stadiums and concert halls and so on, like like concert halls these days. I'm not talking about concert halls back in that that what they're talking about in this empire where, you know, energy harvesting then was was to heal us, was to manifest incredible things like choirs, for example. Um, they use those choirs to to raise humanity, to to signal into the higher realms, whereas nowadays we all go to the mall to fucking dumb ourselves down and destroy our souls. It's really quite depressing when you think about it. Um, and so, yeah, those those buildings, those that that empire, what it represents to me, it doesn't matter if it's if it's real or not. I don't need to debunk anything. It's what it does to me on a soul level that makes me think, wow, okay. And then you look at Russia, look at the architecture of Russia. My goodness me, St. Paul's Cathedral in London. Yeah, York Minster. I mean, wow, wow, just wow. So yeah, so many people are saying it's not possible that during our stone age with a pick and fork we managed to with our human hands build these glorious magnificent structures did we did we chuff come on i mean seriously that's an indication that history is is telling some porkies here because um yeah i highly doubt that you know seven you know barry and barry and keith <laughs> you know went and put those things together with uh with their little, I don't know, their little tools from way back when. No, there was some, there was, there was advanced technology way back when those buildings were put up. Um, and I kind of think we're being fibbed to about where all of that, where they all came from. Um, our past is a mystery, hey? Our future, who knows? I mean, time in a, in a sense anyway is not even linear, so... Um, you know, we've, we can only question, where do we go from here? Uh, and <clears throat> on that, I'm just going to finish by um, explaining where, where do we go from here. My dreams recently, I, I touched on it in my last podcast about how I had made a comment on Twitter this morning to somebody who had, they had said that they'd slept 12 hours and woke up crying. Um, the crying thing, very kind of Neptunian Pisces because, you know, it's emotional, watery energy. So I've had a cry today too. Um, and I'm also sleeping a lot. And so there's a lot going on um, um, in the astral realms right now. Like a lot. Um, so this might sound very strange, but in order to awaken we have to sleep more. <laughs> That's really odd, isn't it? Because um, we're, we're trying to wake up, not go to sleep. But in actual fact, through our sleep is when we access our subconscious mind and try to make it conscious. We have a lot of our awakening while we are asleep. Um, I find that to be very, very true, very the case at the moment. And my dreams are becoming very, very prolific, very deep and detailed. Um, and... Um, there, there are places in my sleep where 
I've been before. And though not in this life, not in this realm, not in this... Uh, I, I'm not sure when. I don't necessarily know even where they are. One place is like um, tiered gardens um, with pools. And not, not like swimming pools, but more like bathing pools, like natural pools, if you know what I mean. Um, with pillar structures, kind of Grecian. Um, and then the other place is in um, like an arcade, an outdoor market. And I kind of think it's in China, but I don't know why I'd think that. And it's very busy and there are lots of people and lots of alleyways and lots of kind of underground passages and stuff. And it's nice. I kind of like it, but it's very strange. Oh, and I just remembered a third, but that has only come to me once or twice. Mm, yeah. But these places, I see them and I know I've been there before, but maybe, maybe in the future. <laughs> and that's odd because I haven't been there yet, but I'm, I'm don't know if I'm seeing the future or if it's a connection to the past, but these, these places in particular keep coming to my mind, to my front mind. Um, and I get flashes of them often throughout the day and more and more so recently. And then what I dream about is so detailed. I've said to my husband and my mum recently that life makes more sense to me when I'm asleep and having those experiences than it does through this reality, this life. And I have questioned if maybe like we have some higher self avatar and we're actually just plugins right now trying to work our way back up to that higher self. And um, we're, our higher self is actually where we are when we're sleeping. Because honestly, um, where do we go? Like, I have started moving into the astral far deeper now than I used to because of certain things that had happened to me, specifically from 2017 to now. Um, and my husband can vouch for this because I, I used to wake up in the night and I would be having, they're called hypnagogic hallucinations where I would see something and like in particular dark shadows standing next to me or spiders on the wall. Um, and they were actually mechanical spiders. They weren't real spiders. It was definitely AI. Um, and I and they and I used to smack the wall, like get up and I'd be smacking the wall. Or I'd <laughs> my daughter's also heard me saying this, where I'll shout at something to get out. And she'll be like, who are you talking to? <laughs> it's like, oh sorry, because you know you're in that sleep state, but you're you're using a different part of your brain. Um, all these different brain waves and frequency frequency waves and states that you're in alter when you're asleep. Um and more and more so, I've become deeper involved in my sleep states. And um, the more I am, the more awake I am in real life. Real life? What is real? Anyhow, as I was saying, um, I was talking to somebody the other day. It was my best friend, actually. And I was saying to her, have you ever watched Avengers Endgame? And she was like, no, like we have girls, except my, my eldest is super, super into the stuff. So um, I watched it with her and um, her girls aren't really into it. Um, but the Avengers Endgame was talking about how all of the Avengers um, 
pretty much ganged up on Thanos at the end to take him out so that he couldn't destroy the world. And Thanos is literally the god of death. So again, you know, like, let's let's assume that um, mythology has some real factors here because the god of death, um, he was also, his mother was also the queen of, the goddess of the underworld, and his brother was Hypnos, who is the god of sleep, um, the god of our subconscious mind. So basically all of that is representative of um, our dying mind and the Avengers are killing that so that we can wake up. Also funnily they had the time machine, the quantum time machine where they quantum leaped um, and that's pretty much what we're doing throughout 2022, 23 and 24 so that we can speed up our evolution. Um, there's a lot there's a lot to say about that about CERN and whatever their involvement is, because didn't they switch the machine back on recently? I'm not sure, but anyhow, that's a story for another time. But yeah, there's a lot in mythology that plays deeper roles, so whether you want to believe it's real or not, there's a lot to be said about it. Um, and um, yeah, that was a good film, actually. I kind of enjoyed Avengers Endgame. Um, very much like I've also mentioned with the end of Game of Thrones, it's highly symbolic to the times that we're living in right now. Also the Bible and times, right? There's a lot. There's a lot. It's all there in plain sight. You've just got to look around. Um, is it real? Is it not? Who knows? I think that the Bible is allegoric. So many people take it literally. Make of things what you will. Maybe we just need to stop putting identity onto absolutely everything and just enjoy the experience of what everything is. There's a lot in the Bible that's beautiful and mind-blowing. Um, there's also a lot that's complete programming and kind of dark, but, you know, um, left, right, put the two together, what do you have? You have balance, you have neutrality. Um, we need to stop over-analyzing everything and just enjoy the experience of what is this life that we're living and enjoy the awakening journey and enjoy all of it, the pain, the darkness, the trauma, the the fear, the angst, and then also the bliss, the, um, the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the enlightenment, the, the fantasy, the illusion, the all of it, it doesn't matter whether it's real or not, it's just part of the experience, and we just need to live it, that's pretty much what I'm trying to say in a very roundabout way is we just need to live the experience and enjoy it. Um, maybe we will go, we will find a deeper and deeper and deeper awakening if we just let go and fall into the void and let be whatever needs to be. Um, it's not all doom and gloom, guys. I, I really, really don't believe for a second that it is. Everyone right now is so wrapped up in the whole thing with the World Economic Forum and the New World Order oh my word, and I just can't listen to it anymore, I just, um, I have to switch off from that, it's soul destroying, um, I see why it's relevant, I see why it's happening, but I'd just much rather go and listen to some Chopin and go within, because the only way out is in. Okay, so there's that, dreams, um, the news is fake, your dreams are real, you know, <laughs> so Go with, go with your dreams, go with your instinct, go with your intuition. It's all there for a reason. Don't switch off from it and don't let anyone else switch you off because it's 
part of the crucial, the keys to you moving forwards and discovering why you are here. Maybe one day we'll all find out why and it'll all make sense. And until then, let's just experience the journey. Cool. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to bed. Oh my gosh, it's nearly 11 o'clock. I'm really going to bed. This is late for me. Um, Sending lots of love to you all. Onwards and upwards. And um, I'll catch you soon.